Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Criminology Academy, where we are criminally academic. My name is Jose Sanchez. And my name is Jen Toslaib. Today, we have an unprecedented three guests on the podcast, Vivian Aranda-Hughes, Kristen Lloyd, and Alex Neuer, to talk with us about networking and conferences during graduate school. Vivian Aranda-Hughes is a doctoral candidate at Florida State University's College of Criminology and Criminal Justice. She holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in sociology. Her research interests include victimization and offending over the life course, corrections, mental health, and family violence. Dr. Kristen Lloyd is an assistant professor at in the Department of Criminal Justice and Criminology at Georgia Southern University. She received her PhD from Florida State University in 2021. Her research focuses on victimization, life course criminology, and family influences on crime. And Alexandra Neuer graduated from UC Irvine with a bachelor's degree in criminology, law and society, and psychology and social behavior, and holds a master's in criminology from Penn State. She is currently a doctoral candidate in Penn State's criminology program. Her research interests focus on corrections with an emphasis on prison program completion and misconduct and on incarceration as a barrier to human capital accumulation. Thank you to all three of you for joining us to chat about this important graduate school topic. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thanks so much. Okay, so a quick overview like we usually do for today's episode. So it's really just a pretty straightforward. We're going to be talking about networking and conferences. And then we're going to talk a little bit about networking during COVID-19, which um, is kind of an unprecedented time for all of us and hopefully a just in a once in a lifetime type of deal. But we can probably still learn some important things about conferencing during COVID-19. All right, cool. Well, let's kick things off with um, a broad question, which is what we typically do on the podcast. So in one sentence, can each of you tell us why you think networking is important? Whoever wants to go first. I can, I can go ahead and start. Um, in my one sentence, I think it's important um, for rising scholars and new students or students in general to um, it's a way for them to integrate and immerse themselves in our field. Yeah, I guess similar to what Vivian said, you know, conferencing um, or going to conferences, networking at conferences really opens doors that maybe wouldn't otherwise open um, if you don't attend and if you don't make those connections. Yeah, I think for me, it's kind of um, open career trajectories and opportunities that I, I didn't really know that I had access to um, because I think I painted grad school and its outcomes in really broad pictures, but there's very specific things you can do within the field. Yeah. Ben, yeah. Great, great answers. Um, I think for me, just to like add in, cause I think all three of you are currently in criminology departments. So Jose and I are kind of in a unique situation cause we're both in sociology. So for us, it's like broadened the amount or of criminologists that we get to interact with, which is not typical in our program right now. Yeah, I think there's only a handful of us in our department right now. So we're a pretty small group. So yeah, it is nice being able to speak with others in the field. Uh, yeah, I can, I can relate to that. So I did my master's in sociology and ours was in that okay. program, it was a criminology, you know, there was a criminology side in the 
and the sociology side. And, and there, I mean, there was like a whole world that opened up to me when I went to my first ASC conference during my yes. master's, the second year of my master's program. Yeah, yeah exactly. I can I can completely agree with that too. I went to my first ASC, my first year of my master's program. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was, I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> um, all right, so kind of building off of that, when do you believe that graduate students should start thinking about building or expanding their network and why? Um, I was just going to say, you know, I think personally early and often, you know, um, I didn't go to ASC my first year of the master's program at FSU um, or the second year. And I kind of regretted that because I felt like my colleagues um, in the program were starting to build relationships. Um, and I almost had, you know, this, this sense of FOMO, if you will, because they were getting to experience so much. And, you know, what I've learned in the last few years, last like six years, I guess, um, is that our field is really small and you never know like what opportunities may come up. You never know the connections you may build. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's super important because you never know what, collaborations you can join, what jobs are going to come up, um, what research projects are out there. Um, and I don't know, there are cool people in our field. So why not just go talk to them? I think it became easier for me to really network with people once I had a more tangible idea of what my area of interest was, even if it was broad. Um, my first ASC, I just kind of would like wander up to people and be like, hi, I'm studying this. And they were like, oh, okay, that's super. Um, but I think once I became more focused and I started learning like who are the other people who do these kinds of things, it became easier to approach people with like a more concrete like, hi, I read this paper that you wrote and it was really interesting. Would you want to talk more about that? So um, I think I think once you have kind of an idea of something or even if it's multiple things you want to study and you start kind of digging deeper into the literature, it you know, it might be a good idea to start uh, reaching out to those people who you have common ground with. Um, yeah, I, I would echo, I, I heard most of what, what Alex has said, what Alex said, her response was, and, and all of what Kristen said, and I, I completely agree. I mean, I, I er, earlier, the better. I, it, I mean, as soon as you can, I, I, I would, like, I wish I would have gone during my first year, even if I didn't have something to present. I know they can get, get expensive, but I do know that some universities offer, and some colleges you offer um, participation um, money to go just to participate in the conference. And so um, I know it can be tough financially because it can get pretty expensive, but, but boy, is it worth it. I, I, you know, graduate school goes by so fast and, you know, I hate to say it, but you really only have like so much time during graduate school to start making these relationships and building these relationships early on. And, um, and yeah, so I, I, it's, it, I think you need to go early and start expanding and start meeting people as soon as you can get out there. And then you, and then as you go, you start to get more comfortable as you become more, you know, more senior in your program. Yeah. And you know, you're spending all this money to go as you touched on Vivian, it's obviously quite expensive to go to conferences, especially if you're on the West coast and you have to travel to, you know, the majority of the East coast conferences, but you know, if your school can support you, that's great but you're still spending all this money and you might as well make it a little bit more worthwhile, not just to see the sites around the city and to have some fun with your friends. Um, but you know, to make those meaningful connections that are going to last you throughout your career, hopefully Absolutely. in a lot of cases. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then like, you know, Kristen mentioned earlier also is that our field is so is, is small, right? I mean, there's a lot of people, but um, really when you start to become more immersed in it, you realize how small it is. Um, and so, you know, I, you know, and that's why I said earlier, you want to get in there, immerse yourself and, and just become part of that field, because this is what you're, you know, you're, you're spending all of this time in graduate school and all of this money to go, why not become a part of it? The great thing about the field being so small also is, is that um, you're really only separated by most people by like a couple degrees. So you can always kind of find someone through someone else um, to make those early connections with, with people who might be um, more senior in like your area of study or like your field or that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. 100% agree with that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I completely agree. So like I mentioned, I went to ASU for the first time the first year of my master's um, program and I completely paid for it out of pocket because I came from like a very small department like hardly anyone ever goes. Um, but I got lucky. Um, so I, this is kind of a funny story. I was standing in one of the hallways completely lost. I wasn't sure what I was doing. And all of a sudden this um, professor walks up to me and he says, "Are like, he basically introduces himself, asks me, and asks me what I'm doing. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just kind of standing here trying to figure it out. And he said, um, well, why don't you come with me? And, you know, you can hang out with my group for a little while. And I basically became part of this network of, of um, like, Hispanic scholars within criminology that I'm still a part of today. And, like, I still talk to a lot of them. People will email me when they joined because of our interest lineup, like I've had a couple of people cold email me that I, I would have never met if I hadn't, you know, and it was kind of by luck, but if I hadn't gone to the conference, I wouldn't have gotten that lucky. Um, That's awesome. That's an awesome story. Yeah. What a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I was there by myself, like none of, like no one from my cohort went, I was the only one. Um, and, and I only went because I kind of had an idea that I might want to pursue a PhD. So I figured this might be a good opportunity to kind of see what it's about. And so that's the only reason I went. And then I was like, it also gave me people to hang out with because I was by myself in New Orleans, which yeah. was okay. But, you know, I was like really lost. Yeah, that's, very um, cool. that's very cool though. <laughs> and and really- good for you for going, because I think one of the hardest parts of, of, like getting into a new field in a way, especially that early on um, and trying to get to know people is definitely this feeling of being isolated, right? Like if you don't know a whole lot of people, it can be incredibly hard. So I know we're going to get to some of that later on, but um, good for you for doing that and good for that professor for, you know, kind of taking you under their wing and being able to kind of show you the ropes. You know what I mean? That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Okay. So we've mentioned ASC a couple of times already. So we should specify a little bit what exactly ASC is. And so ASC stands for the American Society of Criminology. um, And every year they have an annual meeting. Uh, The other big one that we have is the Academy of Criminal Justice Sciences, ACJS. They also have an annual meeting. And so when you're attending these conferences, how do you decide who you're going to connect with? Or is it just sort of by chance running into people? I can start on that one. I think for me, it's a mix of both. So beforehand, I do, I, I think it's important. I mean, at least for me, I, I'm a planner. So I, I think it's important for me 
Um, and, and, and if somebody doesn't know where to start, I would advise this as I, I looked at the program as soon as it comes out and, and I kind of looked, you know, over the, the couple of weeks beforehand, um, to see what presentations I'm interested in going to. And of course there's, I mean, a, 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 you know, I, I don't think I'm unique in this sense where I, I know that I, um, have certain scholars that I'm like a huge fan of. And so, um, I, of course I like, you know, I, I go through and see if they're going to be presenting something, um, and what they're going to be presenting and see, and look at the times. Um, but then also if there's something that I'm working on or that I have been working on, I, I look to see, um, I'll, I'll look at the program and see, you know, what, like who's presenting in the, in this certain area, like for instance, I'm working on like something in corrections, restrictive housing, then I'll, I'll look and I'll say, okay, well, who's presenting about this? Um, and who may I want to go, you know, strike up a conversation with. Um, so, and I, I literally make a list and I have, I put the, these things in my calendar uh, when I might be able to catch them. And of course, a lot of these people, like, you know, you have another like 20 billion people waiting to talk to them too. And so sometimes I get lucky and I can, I can strike a strike up a conversation and sometimes I don't. Um, but, but I also, I, I try not to spend much time in my room. Um, I get up in the morning early, I work out and then I, I hang out and like, and I, I, you know, I go to whatever presentations I want. Um, and I, I do try to make myself seen. And that way, if I, by chance run into somebody that I'd really like to talk to or meet, um, then, then I have that opportunity. And I don't, I mean, I get out and I see some of the sites, but I, you know, I know that my main purpose at these conferences is to is to network. And so I, I definitely, I make that a, a priority. And then it, later on in the evening, then I'll hang out with friends, go out to dinner and whatnot. Yeah, yeah I I'll, guess I kind of, oh my God, Alex, I'm so sorry. You, <laughs> you're you just go, so you excited go. to talk. It's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is all you, you go. Okay, I'll, um, I'll echo Vivian in that an older student when I was going to my first ASC suggested that I don't search on topic, I searched by person. Mm -hmm. um, and that was so helpful because the people who you kind of are going to search on, the people who you're familiar with are going to kind of be within the topics that you're interested in. And a lot of professors present at multiple panels anyway. Um, it was actually really embarrassing. My first ASC, I searched on this one professor who I was obsessed with her work. And I just like followed her from panel to panel <laughs> every day. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like everyone was like that's such a weird thing for you to do but it was really interesting because even if I didn't get to talk to her I saw the people who were attending the same kinds of panels like you see kind of familiar faces the more you go um, into like a similar theme of panels um, and it was easy to strike up conversations with them like people who weren't presenting but who seemed to be interested in the same thing that I was interested in so, so that was really helpful for me to like just follow around one specific professor. I don't do that anymore. Uh, but uh, it was. I have to say, you you are not alone in that. I have <laughs> I have been I've been a creeper. I've like stalked out people. Thank <laughs> goodness. People. I, I won't name who these who these professors are that I've kind of stalked out and followed, you know, around to their panels, but. I promise you're not alone, Alex. Take a thing now. You're not. Thank you. I haven't personally yeah. done that, but Jose, I think, has not to call you out, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh yeah. So I have actually co-authored with the person I did it to, and we kind of still get a kick out of it. Yeah. But yeah. So you're not yeah, you're not alone. Actually, it makes me feel a lot better about I, yeah. that's 
I know this story. is so affirming. Um, thank goodness that mm-hmm. I said it because <laughs> conferences are creepy, I guess. <laughs> I, I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say that I've ever uh, followed someone from panel to panel, but I've definitely done what you both have said and, and looked people up. Um, like a couple of years ago, for example, I, I love life course criminology. Um, so of course, you know, Terry Moffat was given an award from the division of life course criminology. And so, you know, I had to be front and center for her presentation, you know, that kind of thing. And then making a point to introduce yourself after, right? Peggy Giordano a couple years ago with her award. Um, I went to her address and then I got to meet her after. So, you know, I, I should probably do better at going to more panels, um, and, and meeting more people. Um, but the ones I have gone to, you know, everyone's been quite receptive and, um, it's been really cool to meet some of the, you know, giants in our field, but also to meet some of the people who are upcoming scholars, um, yeah. graduate students who are rising scholars. Like I, yeah. I've really tried to make a, a point to meet at least one person whose work I'm interested in, regardless of how many citations they have or publications mm-hmm. they have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really helped me build my my social network within criminology, if you will. But yeah, I don't know, Vivian. I, you know, I think maybe maybe in some ways you get that from uh, one of our friends, Nicole. Um, she kind of likes to do that stuff too. So I'm not going to put all that blame on you, my friend. <laughs> oh, you are, you're, so, so she's going to listen to this and she's going to be like, are you kidding me? Are you calling me out? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say a last name. I didn't say where she works. No one knows. You know no who you knows. are, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I, 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 can I tell a very quick story? I said, yeah, I, I, I mentioned it yesterday to, to, uh, Dr. Tranovic, to Jill Tranovic. And I said, I kind of want to tell this story, but I wonder if they're going to think I'm weird. But now that other people have said this, uh, at the last ASC, you know, pre, right, the one right, that we had right before pandemic that is in San Francisco, um, I saw like one of my, the people that I've just, I probably put him yeah, like, seriously on a pedestal is Frank Cullen. I'm obsessed. I just, I love his work. <laughs> And um, I saw him getting onto the elevator, uh, an elevator I was going to get onto. And I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be on an elevator with Frank Cullen. And and here I am thinking, how am I going to introduce myself? Hey, just keep it, you know, try to be cool. Okay, try to be cool. We get on the elevator. But then like a group of people ran and they're like, hold the elevator. And of course, I didn't get a chance to introduce myself. So I got off, he got off the elevator and then I got off on the next floor and I just happened to just like, uh, peek over and I saw him walking I was like I was all geeked out I ran into my room I'm like Frank Cullen's room is right below our room <laughs> and my room yeah, no, was like wow you have serious issues you must not tell the story about your dog quickly oh yeah so I have a dog and I named him Francis his name is Francis after Frank Cullen <laughs> And Frank Cullen knows about it. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, cool. he's, he's, he's very smart. He's one, one of the smartest dogs that I've ever owned. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I right. think we're, we're having like the nerdiest conversation. Oh, gosh, right. <laughs> like, I know. Like, this is that I know. <laughs> you know, like my friends are like, you know, like I love Dwayne The Rock Johnson or like Steven <laughs> Tyler and whatever. And here we are like, oh, yeah, we're. We love all like these crim theorists. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. I know. I think I geeked out about meeting Terry Moffat for at least two weeks. Like I couldn't stop talking about it. I'm sure my friends hated me. It happens. Uh, I, 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 I met Nancy Rodriguez a few years back at the New Orleans conference and I geeked out. I was like on cloud nine for about, mm-hmm. yeah, for about two weeks. 
Yeah, I met her in Philadelphia. She's she was great. Yeah. Great person yeah, to talk to. All right. So kind of tying in with everything that all three of you have already said, as a grad student approaching a professor that you don't necessarily know, especially maybe someone who's you know a theorist or someone who's well known can be intimidating. Um, and so what are some of the suggestions or ways that you've actually networked with professors that you don't know, besides f- creepily following them or going into an elevator? We were both planning on going in at the right. same time. I am following them. <laughs> I did creep kidding. over the balcony and see him walking. Though. <laughs> um, I, I think for me, you know, See, here's the problem. I can talk to a rock, right? Like I generally in social <laughs> settings, like I'm I'm right at home. I usually don't have an issue speaking to people, but there certainly have been situations where I'm like a little nervous, you know, because I'm like, oh, wow, I love this person's work. I hope I don't say anything stupid. Um, and so for me, it's always like, okay, well, I'll just get a buddy. You know, I'll have a buddy system. Mm-hmm. I'll have someone walk up with me. They don't have to talk. Um, and for me, a couple of times, it was my major professor actually, who was um, Jillian Taranovic. Um, and obviously she's great and she's well-connected. So that kind of eased the nerves. And then once I did that a couple of times, I felt a little more comfortable doing it on my own. But um, I mean, I was in grad school with Vivian and there were certainly times that we both went to a panel and talked to someone together after. And um, so my, my best advice to a graduate student would be, you know, buddy up, find someone, go, go meet people with a friend. That's great yeah. advice. Yeah, absolutely. When I'm, I have like my whole life, I've been like painfully shy. I'm, I'm definitely like your uh, textbook introvert. I can be, you know, awkward AF, like ma- major. And so um, initially, you know, it was hard because I, I, this is not my normal personality. And so like going, being able to go up to people, um, but I knew that it was sort of, you know, once you're in graduate school and I know this is going to be my career, it's kind of like, a, it's like a break or make. Um, and so exactly what Kristen said, yeah, I, I buddy up with people. I buddy up with Kristen. Um, with, um, Jill's amazing because she has a, such a, a wide network. Um, I have another professor, Mario Cano. He's introduced me. He's been amazing. He's introduced me to so many amazing people that I would never, I, I mean, I would have never had the nerve to go up to. He's one of these people. He's a total extrovert that he'll just go up to anybody and just say, hey, my name's Mario. And I'm, you know find some interest with them. Um, but so he knows a lot of people. And, um, and so it's, I think it's easier doing it that way when you, when you're with somebody else and then you start, like Kristen said, you start to get more comfortable growing up on your own. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say that the buddy system works great. I I've leaned well earlier in, in my grad studies, I leaned really heavily on my advisor, um, Dr. Holly Nguyen. Um, she's great. She also has a very wide network and I would, mention people to her that or like methods or whatever and she was like oh do you want to go meet so-and-so and that was really amazing um so she also is a very outgoing person and that has been great um my my biggest piece of advice I think to grad students who may be scared of just walking up to somebody or like cold emailing somebody um that they don't know but maybe they do hold on this pedestal like we often do (laughs) um is to just remember that they're people, they're just people, they're people who know a lot about stuff, but I've never approached somebody, um, even like, you know, the, the most respected of professors and just totally been shoved aside. Um, even if they, they don't want to talk with me for a long time, they're always courteous. 
Um, I try to go in with a question um, or like, you know, I've read your work or I've read this specific paper. Could you talk to me more about this? And everybody has been very nice and accommodating and understanding that I'm still learning um, and that, you know, being newer to the field, it's hard to make connections. So yeah, it, we're all just people. Everybody's just people. <laughs> just yeah. go up and say hi. Yeah, and I would say if, if like what you're describing, Alex, um, you know, you go up to someone and, and maybe you're not pushed aside, but maybe they seem like they're a little bit short on the conversation. Like we all have busy schedules at conferences. Maybe they're just on their way to another panel or they've got another obligation. So I wouldn't take anything personally if a conversation is short um, or shorter than maybe you had hoped it would be. But at the end of the day, like, like you said, we're all people. And I think everyone welcomes widening their network within the field. Yeah, I and I and I have never had like a negative experience. I, you know, like you, you guys both said it. They're um, they're human beings, and they're and I mean, for the most part, I mean, I, I can't think of any. I can't think of a time where somebody was just really rude to me. I mean, maybe somebody was kind of in a hurry, and then you know they say, hey, you know, if you want to talk more, email me. Um, but for the most part, they everybody's very kind and and very courteous. Yeah, I think the worst response that I've gotten is, oh, uh, let's talk about this more offline, you know, like, which just means like, please, I need to go somewhere. Um, you know, <laughs> like, right, like, I think that's probably the worst interaction that I've had. And even then, it didn't feel like I was being ignored or like cast aside or anything. It just, you know, like everybody said, we're at conference, we're busy, we got to make the next panel. Yeah, yeah, I think that's been my experience as well. Most of the people mm -hmm. are actually pretty nice. Yeah, a couple were cut short because they had another panel to get to or had to use the bathroom for, you know. But yeah, so I'm kind of on the same boat as Vivian where like I generally keep to myself. I tend to not like huge gatherings kind of give me a little bit of anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, but whenever um, when I went that when I decided to go to ASE, I like Maybe like I kept telling myself, you know, still your nerves. Just you're just gonna like you don't know anybody, so you're just gonna have to go up to people and like just start talking to them. Uh, so so I kind of forced myself uh, into becoming more social, um, and I, I feel like I don't know if mastered is the right word, but I've gotten fairly good at just going up to people and like saying like, "Hi, my name's Jose, and this is what I do, and I'd like to talk to you about your work." Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and kind of picking off, off of the piggybacking off of that, Jose, um, I, I had kind of an experience where, you know, one time I was on a panel with Mike Roke, who obviously in life course criminology is a pretty big name. Um, and I read his work, I knew a lot about him, but I'd never met him. And the coolest guy I've ever been on a panel with, hands down. Um, and we were able to kind of make a connection. And it started because after the panel, I asked him a couple questions about his presentation, right? Um, and so just working up the nerve, even though I just sat there and watched all of this, you know, all of this from his panel and the other people on our panel with him to still be able to, you know, kind of ask him a question. I think it was super beneficial. And yeah, I think a lot of it is, you know, whatever works for you to settle anxiety, you know, breathe in, breathe out, you know, pick three things in the room, whatever it may, may be, settle yourself, settle your nerves and, and just go, you know, talk to someone. It's fun. And I know we're going to ask for general advice towards the end of this, but I think one, like, since we're on this topic, I think one good thing to do as well when, when you go up and meet two people is after the conference, send them like a follow-up email, like, hey, thank you for taking two minutes yeah. to talk to me. Yep. Um, 
yeah. you know, that way you kind of start cementing yourself within their network. Yeah. And they remember yeah, who you are solid. too then because you meet so many people at conferences. It's always good to follow up with, hi, remember we talked and so-and-so. Um, Cause yeah, it's difficult if, especially if you're meeting a lot of new people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, no one has perfect recall, right? It's the same thing I tell my students when it comes to reading and needing to take notes, like no one has perfect recall. Don't be afraid to reintroduce yourself. Don't be afraid to send that email. That's very sound advice, Jose. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So given that we're talking about conferences and networking, I felt like we should throw in kind of a presentation question, especially since this is geared more toward grad students. And so um, I know I still get nervous before I'm presenting. And my first time presenting at a conference, I was like in panic mode. And so do any of you have tips for people, especially graduate students that have helped you prepare to present at a conference? Yeah, I can, I can start with this one. Um, first, I would say the same thing that, you know, Jill Taranovic told me when I was defending my dissertation, and that is, you know more about this exact project than the people in the room. They may know a lot about the subject, but you're the one who knows this project. Um, and then two, this I got from Miria Holman. She's a political scientist who has a, a pretty good blog. Um, and she had a, a thing on conference networking. Um, and she said, you know, nobody will remember your mistakes the way that you will. So just give yourself a break and it's okay to mess up. And I think that's probably one of the greatest pieces of advice um, I ever read and that I've ever used. Um, and I still use it to this day, even in the classroom, even, you know, in conversations with people. So, you know, cut yourself some slack. We're all humans. Um, and it's okay to mess up. And if you do, people probably won't remember it. Yeah, yeah I think that's a great way to look at it, certainly. Um, I, I would also say, I think one of the, the biggest things that, that students, at least here at Penn State, get worried about is that they're going to forget something or that people are going to ask all these follow-up questions and they're going to kind of like not be able to, to know the exact statistics or, or whatever. Um, so I encourage everybody, um, I, I head our travel committee, so I, I talk to all the students about their presentations and things like that, um, to have the post-presentation slides set up, um, especially if it's something like a big table or like descriptive statistics or like sensitivity tests that you're doing. Um, and that's really helped to calm me down uh, because uh, people will, will kind of say, oh, she's really prepared. Um, so oftentimes you take your presentation down anyway um, for the next person to go. But if you have like a printout with you, you can keep those slides with you or something like that. So I would just say that if you're worried about forgetting something and you don't have space for it in the presentation, just throw it in either notes that you've prepared yourself or in kind of slides in the back or something like that. Um, and I, I always feel much better when I do that because I know that whatever people are going to throw at me, I probably have a slide to <laughs> address that. That's a really good idea. I know my like biggest fear are the questions at the end, <laughs> just because you don't know what to expect. Um, so yeah, we I don't do. think I've actually ever done slides after the presentation, but that's a good idea. We do practice presentations uh, two weeks before ASC specifically here. Um, and honestly, presenting for our department is worse than anything that you could mm -hmm. present at conference, just because you also have to like look those people in the eye every single day. <laughs> Whereas oh like someone, 
yeah, someone at I conference. I agree more with that. Yeah, you'll. Just, I cannot agree more with that. <laughs> yeah, so, honestly, uh, it's like training at altitude. I would also suggest just present for people in your department first, and uh, nothing will be worse than that. I guarantee. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was, I was, what I was going to say is, is practice, 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 practice. I mean, it, get practice it until you're sick of practicing it, and and so like, and but I mean like. So I do, I do some of the things, same things that Alex said is, you know, you, you include um, some, some extra slides at the end and that you, uh, uh, questions that you might anticipate. Um, but I also, I also do the same thing where I print out my slides. I never use them. I have them more as a, almost like a security blanket. It just makes me feel more comfortable that they're there. I, I mean, I can't remember the last time I've ever looked at them, um, but I practice I practice my talk so much, like, but I'll do it like while I'm driving. I don't practice. I try not to practice while I'm looking at my slides. I practice while I'm driving. I practice while I'm in the shower. I practice as I'm getting ready. I practice in front of the mirror and I try to practice it like more of a, um, I try to keep in mind that, that people are, are, are coming to your practice because they're, or to your, uh, to your presentation or to that panel, um, not because they want to hear something that you've just memorized and that you're reading off of some something. Um, you almost want to tell it like a story. And so when I practice my presentations, I practice it like if I'm having a conversation with somebody. And then once I get up there, of course, the nerves are going to be there and I start sweating like crazy. But I try to focus on a couple of people out in the audience um, or like towards the back and not really looking at anybody and pretend like I'm having a conversation with somebody. And it, and it just seems to work for me course I leave there and I'm drenched in sweat but I got through it <laughs> I usually try to wear like darker clothing <laughs> I do the um, same thing honestly, yeah yeah Vivian uh you know and Alex you too your advice like if y'all would have tweeted that I would have retweeted it you know what I mean um that's it's that's real solid um and I would also say get a friend to go like if you're that nervous Vivian I, I know I keep going back to when we were in grad school together but I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. we've been to each other's panels yes. like we would have grad school groups that would go to each other's panels yeah. um Alex I'm sure you've had the same experience with some of your your colleagues and your friends Definitely. um you know if, if you're that nervous about it just ask someone like hey can you be at my panel I just I need one person in the audience to you know look at and you you can help me kind of calm my nerves and settle down you know yeah, it is comforting to go at least looking out and if, you know, because you can, it's, it can get intimidating, especially if you have like, you know, these, these big name people out there and they're staring at you and they're expecting something from you and, uh, and then being able to look at your friends and not, you know, avoid the eye contact with the other person too much. Um, it, it is very, it's comforting. Like, okay, well, the, at least yeah. my friends here, they're, they're here for support. Yeah. And just someone in some ways to like, kind of nod back at you when you're saying yeah. something it, you know it just makes you feel good yeah yeah I'll also say that I've never had anybody ask me like aggressive or particularly mean questions at conference like certainly questions that I wasn't quite sure how to answer but it seemed acceptable to just kind of be like you know what I didn't think about that but that's a great point you know like that kind of thing mm -hmm. um yep. I don't think I've yeah. ever seen anyone be very, very mean at a conference to anybody else who was presenting. Yeah I've, yeah, I've also never had that experience. I think the hardest question I was ever asked was why I chose a certain measure. Um, yeah. And I was, you know, I was able to handle that without too many issues. But um, yeah, people usually asked. aren't nitpicky or aggressive, you know. Yeah. I was asked one time, um, so what's the next step of like, 
um, you know, you studied X and Y, so what is Z? And I was like, I don't even know how to answer that question. Um, but now it's like a question that I prepare for always. Um, I don't know why. It was a very strange um, question to be asked, <laughs> but that's probably the worst I've ever gotten. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think this is all great advice. And just to kind of throw in some advice that I've gotten um, over the over the years, um, you know, one, like, like we even mentioned, like you typically, you should know this project better than anyone else, right? Like you're, if you're presenting on it, you should know pretty well what it is that you're doing. And something that I was told was because you, you should know it so well, you can kind of predict or control what questions you're going to be asked. And I haven't completely mastered this skill, um, but sort of thinking through my projects, sort of what are the limitations, kind of where the gaps are, I can kind of tell if someone it were to ask me a question, I can kind of foresee what that question is going to be and I can prepare for it. Um, and also at conferences, most professors tend to not really go after grad students. Yeah. Um, and so this doesn't mean to, you know, like you should still try to give the best presentation that you can give, but focus your energy on that, not necessarily on like trying to prepare for some heated debate that you're going to have <laughs> yeah. with mm -hmm. some professor, because it's probably not going to happen. Um, yeah, excellent advice. Yes. Yeah. So, so true. Cause they, I think they, they, I mean, most of the time I, yeah, you absolutely right. Jose, like usually like the professors will come up and be like, that was, that was a great job. You know, like we know you're a graduate student and you're doing great. You're going to go place like, Hey, <laughs> and it makes me feel better. But yeah, you're right. They usually reserve the, the debate with, the, with their nemesis. <laughs> yeah, yeah or, exactly. And, or I have had, I think at the last ASC, um, I presented and then after the presentation, all of the questions were done. I had a professor come up to me, not aggressive or anything, but just asking um, harder questions to answer. And then we had yeah, a conversation about it after. So that way it wasn't like, it didn't feel intimidating. It was more just a conversation, um, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would also say like that could be an opportunity to maybe learn a little bit more um, about the project. Maybe it's someone who does work in that area and they're they're not asking to have like a gotcha moment, but they're just mm -hmm. asking because they're curious and maybe it's a chance for you to learn something that some insight that they might have. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And then and I, that's I know exactly earlier, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And how cool is that? It's like free advice. Yeah, it yeah. was really cool. <laughs> yeah. So actually, I think Jen and I were on that same panel. And yeah, someone yeah, we came were. up after me, after our presentations and asked, like, why did you choose to do this? And why did you choose A instead of B? And, you know, I, and I told I was honest. I was like, well, because we kind of screwed up the analysis. So we had to redo it like an hour before. <laughs> Oh um, we did so, and so the, and so you know the person was like okay yeah cool like don't worry about it. like that happens all the time but yeah like maybe you should think about doing this moving forward and I was like yeah no you're absolutely right and that's Dude. what we're gonna try to do no but we read right that we analysis like 10 minutes before <laughs> I, I so admire you guys' honesty with that person <laughs> yeah oh okay so uh kind of staying on like the conferencing. So one, I don't, I don't know about other conferences, but one of the best parts, at least in my opinion about ASC is on the Friday, we have the receptions, mm -hmm. like these various like, different 
different schools will sort of rent out these, I don't know, what are they like bar rooms or whatever. Yeah. And it's just basically like a massive gathering where they like serve food and drinks. Um, and, you know, people are talking to other people. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about your experiences with receptions and how successful you might have been with connecting with other people? So I, I have a, a bit of a weird um, experience with receptions because I, I head up our travel committee and part of my job is to hand out drink tickets. Um, mm-hmm. So that's been both a curse and a blessing because I'm, I'm kind You're of You're the most popular person there, huh? I know. Yeah, I I know you are. <laughs> I'm tied to Penn State's reception like room, uh, but people oh. have to come up to me and speak to me. <laughs> um, and so I, I've been kind of blessed in that way um, and that's been interesting um, because they'll come up to you for the drink ticket um, and I kind of <laughs> hold them hostage for a minute <laughs> talking to them about uh, you know their work and how was your panel and like that kind of thing so um, that's kind of a weird experience for me my husband is actually very good at the receptions he's also in criminology and goes to ASC and he uh, just hops around from room to room um just finding somebody who's standing by themselves <laughs> and he like goes up and talks to them about their work and so that's how he's had success kind of meeting with people and talking with people at receptions just kind of finding the wallflowers and um oh. stealing their attention so alex what you're saying is um <laughs> now that we have this connection um through the <laughs> wonderful jen and jose that we're going to meet in person in november um and you're going to be the most popular person in the room for more than one reason Yes, there's going to be a a huge, you know, circle around me. Everybody's going to want (laughs) to be talking to me. We will be stopping by the Penn State Social. (laughs) Everybody meet there. We'll be around. We'll be around. It's going to go out and everybody at ASC is going to flock to Penn State's reception and go, anybody seen Alex? You know she's a drink ticket person. (laughs) Well, you know, so I've actually never gone to another university's reception. I don't know if I should say that publicly um, because, well, I guess I've only been to a handful of ASCs um, and I always just go to the FSU reception because I guess that's where I like felt comfortable because I knew everyone. Yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe this year, uh, Alex, that'll be the reason I get out of, out of my old habit um, <laughs> and come visit Penn State. But, you know, I've seen other people at like our receptions, for example, um, and met some good people. Um, or people who do like good work and, and just like kind people, nice people, you know, um, a lot of folks who I follow on Twitter, I think Twitter is becoming a huge, 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 huge source for networking in our field. Um, and yeah, again, it's kind of the buddy system for me. Like if I see someone who's walked in and I'm like, Oh, that's, you know, so-and-so, you know, Vivian, let's go say hi. You know, that's always my go-to. Yeah, I, I've been to a few, I'll, I usually, I mean, I spend most of my time at the FSU one because, I, I, you know, just like Kristen said, it seems like a lot of people from different places will come in and, and there, I mean, usually it's our, the FSU one is so full. It almost takes you the entire time trying to um, get around the entire room to, to at least try to get in and say hello. Even if I, you know, if people are like in deep conversations or, you know, sometimes I'll just, I, I just wanted to say hi. Um, so, so I do tend to spend most of my time at the FSU one, but that is what I do. I make sure to make, go through the entire room, um, and, and say hello to people, or, you know, if I see somebody, you know, that's by themselves. Um, and then, but, you know, if I see maybe a friend of mine that's going, heading off to another one, I'll go and I'll tag along and I'll, and I'll just briefly like pop in on a, on a couple of other ones. 
Um, but I don't spend too, too much time. And it's usually like with those, it's like whoever it is that I've, that I've latched onto, um, to go to some of the other ones that they'll introduce me to a couple of people. I, I have found it hard to just, you know, on my own, try to go off to, to any of the other receptions. I can be on my own in the FSU one, because usually I end up meeting up with, you know, I'll see Kristen or I'll meet up with somebody else with another group. And, um, and, and I, it, it, I do the buddy system even in there. I do like the receptions because a lot of the the alumni students will come mm-hmm. back to like their old um the the reception for their old mm-hmm. universities and it's really easy to um connect with alumni from your institution because they're yeah. they're everywhere you know um but if you're an older student um or if or if you're a younger student you can kind of buddy up with an older student and they have connections to so some of the students who have since left and so i think that just networking even with the alumni can be so great uh, when you're at you know uh, reception for a big university yeah i mean though those friday nights i'll all i'm with you jose those are my f- favorite of the entire asc because it's like by then, everybody's kind of, for the most, I mean, I've had a couple of Saturday presentations, but for the most part, <laughs> the presentations are done. Everybody's kind of a bit more relaxed and, and just having fun. So it is a, a good time to uh, meet people there. I, I was just going to say, you know, the last few ASCs, um, FSU has had professors retiring. So that's kind of taken up the bulk of our receptions, yeah. um, like, you know, saying goodbye to them and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know where I was going with that. I guess just, you know, alumni coming back and making those connections, like Alex said, is, is a really good point. Um, oh, and it's a good opportunity, you know, if someone uh, who's who's been like a, a good figure in the field that you're really interested in for a long time, um, if they're getting ready to retire and they're doing something in their honor, you know, go to that reception, at least hear what people are saying about them and see if you can, you know, sneak your hand in there and get a handshake out of it or something. Here's a plug. Dr. Cherikos is retiring. And so we're having a, a whole thing for him this, this time around. I know I might cry. What a man. I know. <laughs> I was, I was fortunate enough to be his teaching assistant for a couple of years. Um, and I, I learned more, more than I ever could have imagined from him, you know? So it's, it's, you know, it's sad because he's not in academia anymore. He is an ASC fellow. So that's pretty cool. But um, it's a well-deserved retirement after a long and good career for him. So that's mm-hmm. my shameless plug about the man that is Ted Chiricos. <laughs> um, I do have one point about receptions. So even if your university or institution doesn't have a reception, you can still go to receptions. Yeah. This was something that I had no idea about until Jose was like, we're going to all of these different receptions. And so typically we hit like almost every single one. Um, <laughs> on Fridays because we our school yeah. doesn't have a reception yeah. during ASC. So, so yeah, we're not tied down to any one reception. We kind of we go reception hopping to see who has the yeah. best food and the best drinks. <laughs> and, and, we do. Um, well, now you have a Penn there. State connection, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Actually, we were at the ticket, Penn State one, the uh, sure. the last uh, last ASC, ago. Yeah. and I actually got to meet. Dwayne Osgood, which I was like, oh, man, no. I love Dwayne Osgood. Oh, um, man. Dwayne is amazing. Um, wait, not Dwayne, Wayne. There's a long there's a long story about why I was calling him Dwayne, but um, I won't get into that. <laughs> um, but it's not Dwayne, it's Wayne. Um, yeah, I will say so, that 
UCI, um, UCI's reception usually has some popping food. Like I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> UCI is usually pretty good. So yeah, so UCI's is where I met with I met Nancy Rodriguez in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Um, I tried to meet Cheryl Maxson, but I think one of the problems with like the receptions and trying to meet people is sometimes they're already sort of surrounded by a flock of other people, mm-hmm. especially yeah. if they're like the bigger names. So like I tried to meet Cheryl Maxson. One of her students tried to introduce me, but she was just like surrounded by people the entire time. So it, it never, um, you know, I eventually met her somewhere else, but like it didn't happen at, at ASC. And that's happened to me a couple of times with, with other people where like they're just surrounded by people. So um, uh, although I did, I did learn the, the art of fading into a conversation where there's like a group of yeah. people and you just kind oh, of yeah. like, and like <laughs> immerse, like, you know, you like put yourself in the, in the group and, and people are like, where'd you come from? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about I, it. I do that all, I, I do that often. I, I have to say that's like 50% of my socialization at a, socializing at a, at ASC. <laughs> it's fading um, in. I, I did at the at one ASC, I, I, I won't name names, but I did do that. There was there were a couple of people in the group that I knew uh, and then some others that I didn't and I did that. I, I try to fade into it and and one of the persons turned around and gave me the most horrific look like I see what uh-huh. you're doing part <laughs> of this conversation I'm like eye. wow <laughs> yeah I've also I've also used them to sort of try to build like the the network for other people so like one of our colleagues um at CU she's a fellow student um I think that might have been her first AS. Do you remember, Jim? Was that Erica's first yeah. ASC? Yeah. So yeah, I and, think it was the one in Atlanta. Yeah, it was Atlanta, and so it was her first ASC. And I was like, "All right, we, we like you need to meet people." So, <laughs> and I know some people. So now you're gonna meet my people, and so we went and to one of the other receptions. Too. <laughs> yeah. So we went to one of the receptions and there was a specific someone that I was looking for because I knew they'd make a great connection. And I spot him. He's like across the room. And so I tell Jen and Erica, all right, like we're going. And we just like beeline it like straight towards them. And <laughs> I, you know, admittedly, I think we were already like a few drinks in. So like my, oh, sense, no. of distance, <laughs> my sense of distance wasn't like on point. No. And so and I was walking a little too fast. So like next thing I realized, like I'm like right up on I'm his like face. Him. Like if I had taken one more step, like I would have straight up tackled this man. You guys would have been on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... What, what did I was his reaction that you thought you were nothing honestly I think he might have been a few in too because I don't think he, like, <laughs> think he so didn't even budge. <laughs> no like 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 we were both like like inches from each other and I don't think we realized that that we like you could put like a Hershey's kiss between us <laughs> and like yeah. have it hold like suspended in midair um so Oh, yeah, but yeah, so at reception, I love receptions. I I, I kind of heard that they might not happen this year. I kind of hope they do, but we'll see what happens. We oh, I thought she was for sure having one. Yeah, I was going to say, we've they've been sending out, they keep sending in reminders, then, and they've asked people to RSVP, and, and so we've, I mean, I, I've been getting something like once a week on it. <laughs> Don't <Okay>. forget. <laughs> nope. So I at least ours there. will be going on. 
Cool. You know, Jose, that's a great point that you make as, a, as I, you know, as, a, as more senior students, and I, and I do try to do this also is with them with um, some of the younger students I, you know, I do like if they it's, it's like their first or second time or they, um, they haven't met anybody I, I do that also I try to get like introduce them to the people that I know. And I think, I think that's just a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we again, we're a smaller community and, and why not? Yeah, right. and I, w- I would also like, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, Jen, go ahead. But I, I would also like recommend to graduate students, especially younger ones who maybe haven't gone to a conference and networked before, you know, come up with an elevator pitch and just have something ready to go about who you are and what you do. Because as you start meeting people, they might start asking you to, you know, kind of brief questions about that. And it's always good to be a little bit prepared and then you can go back and forth and then get into non-research related stuff. All right. So shall we move on to our second kind of topic, um, which is on networking during COVID times. So hopefully kind of this like once in a lifetime uh, time frame, but you never know. Um, so unfortunately, many conferences have been canceled over the last what year, two years, depending on the conference. Um, Jose and I were actually supposed to go to Eurogang, but it's been canceled twice now. So hopefully this coming year. And for a lot of people, conferences are kind of like this prime opportunity for networking and meeting people who do research in your area that you don't get to socialize with on a normal occasion. So have each of you been able to network with people without having events like conferences? And if so, what strategies did you use to network outside of conferencing? Yes, I have. Um, And I was able to do it through Twitter, Um, just connecting people um, you know, replying to threads or if people ask questions, trying to respond to those. Um, most of the time I just kind of lurk on Twitter. I tweet mostly mm-hmm. about sports, um, and other stuff, but I like to stay involved and follow different people in the field. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of people in private messages. Um, but that's been the best way for me. Um, but of course other people I'm sure have, have had other experiences. I, I, it's the same with me. Um, I, it's been, I mean, I'm not on Twitter a, a lot. It's, I'm more of a lurker also. Um, but, but, you know, if I, if I see someone on there that I'm not connected with, I, I connect and I try to answer, I try to be involved in some of the threads, especially, I mean, I, I always get nervous because I'm like, okay, I'm just a graduate student. So, you know, be careful about how you write this. And, um, you know, so you don't want to put a, a ton of stuff out there, but um, if, you know, somebody asks a question and, it, and it's something that I know, or, you know, somebody has, is, there's a conversation going on, I try to respond that at the very least, so people see that, you know, my name out there and what it is that I do. And then I am, you know, one of those that shamelessly will share <laughs> or not shamelessly, I don't know, will, will share like a paper that I, that is out that, that, you know, that, that I was on or that I, mm-hmm. um, that I worked on. Um, and d- just to try to, you know, to, to share my work and to, you know, show people like, hey, here I am. <laughs> yep. I do that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that too. I don't think there's any shame in that. Okay. I, I like seeing other people and it, you know, I, and some of the time, sometimes, you know, before any, before I get like alerts or anything on, uh, from Google scholar, I see them first on Twitter. So I, I do appreciate when other people do it, but sometimes I'm like, I wonder if people are thinking, golly, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. you know yeah, if you don't share need for yourself no one no one else is going to do it that's yeah, true it's, it's that's true. um i've i've struggled really during covid trying to network with people um 
I, I am not on Twitter, which I've been trying to like work up the courage to start uh, an academic Twitter for a very long time, but I'm not Let's quite sure. I, I feel I like I was almost bullied it. into it and I finally did it all. So, cause I was, I That's was, I, feel too. I know <laughs> I, I went really hard on LinkedIn. I was like, I've decided that this is going to be my platform, but of course LinkedIn is, is not really the place to be. <laughs> I think if it makes you if it makes you feel any better my personal twitter account became a just this giant conglomerate of every facet of my life so I've got like my high school friends my like Florida State football friends you know all all my like sports corners of the world and then people I know in my personal life and then people I know in my professional life and it's wild so if you already have a twitter and you're saying you don't want to make an actual academic twitter that's okay too um, it's just, you know, some people might unfollow you because you don't tweet about crim enough, but that's okay. <laughs> I have, I no, I don't have any Twitter and it's, I think that like right after we log off here, I'm going to like make a Twitter and add all of you <laughs> and just like feel good Yay! that I have at least four people. Um, <laughs> you yeah. should do it at, at Justin Lloyd three, holler at your girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did, I did have a really neat opportunity to go to like a smaller, um, virtual conference which was interesting um but it was like super organized between a couple bigger schools and and they had professors who were really good at certain things like give really interesting feedback and that kind of thing on papers so it was kind of a unique opportunity which I was really grateful for but I think that most people unfortunately wouldn't have had that experience but yeah it has been a struggle I think connecting with people during COVID for myself so I'm gonna I have to say yeah. opposite of Kristen and Vivian, it's been, it's been hard for me for sure. Oh no, it's, it's you know, definitely been hard. I mean, I've just, I've had to rely on Twitter and I'm not that active. Again, I think I said, I'm a, I'm a lurker mostly. I don't <laughs> post very often, but it's, it has definitely been a struggle. It, um, yeah, it's absolutely been a struggle. I'm not even going to try. It's not, I'm sorry to say it's not. Yeah. Listen, Vivian, it's okay to lurk. Like Lil Wayne once said, real G's move in silence like lasagna. So <laughs> it, it does, doesn't really matter, you know, you're still, you're still able to make those connections when the chance pops up. <laughs> but I do have a question for y'all. Oh, I'm sorry, Jose. We keep doing this. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, I was just curious, did anyone go to or uh, enroll or register, I suppose, is the correct terminology for CrimCon, uh, either last year or this year? No. No. Yeah, I, I think I learned either. about it a little too late. Yeah. <laughs> I was just curious. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, since, we're, since we're pretty much on, on the Twitter train, uh, one of the things that comes up on Twitter, mostly from like the students, is uh, questions, you know, like hashtag academic Twitter, hashtag crim Twitter, whatever, uh, mm -hmm. where they're asking about cold emailing professors and other professionals. And I, and I think it's kind of really taken off because of COVID where people are, are kind of finding themselves needing to cold email more, more and more if they really want to network. Do you, do you have any experience with cold emailing people? And if you do, can you share some of that experience with us? Yeah, I actually I just recently had a really good cold email experience with um, Dr. Jillian Tranovic, actually. She was so sweet and wonderful. Um, I, I was trying to do a meta-analysis and was so very lost. Uh, and, and my advisor, Holly, she was like, I, I really think that you should reach out to somebody who does this um, because, you know, they have more experience. And 
I just kind of went right into it. I introduced myself. I name dropped Holly, um, which was helpful to create mm-hmm. kind of like that, you know, one degree of separation between us. Um, and then I just kind of got like right into the problem. She was so sweet. She pointed me to articles. She pointed me to code. Like she, she was super encouraging and understanding. Um, and it, it was, it has given me the kind of, um, it, I've done it multiple times since then. And it, it always gone very well um it sometimes takes a little while for them to get back to you but it it usually goes really well uh, in my experience yeah honestly um jill is one of the absolute best human beings on the face of this earth um so it's not shocking to hear that so um i i I promise you alex anything you need ever again like she'll she'll respond quickly and, and be able to help you if she can and if not she'll get you going in the right direction you know mm-hmm. um but I have also had an experience um cold emailing someone it was last summer um there was an article uh that was that I didn't have access to um and I wanted to assign a portion of it for my undergraduates um and the person was super super kind sent me um like a, a page proof they didn't have an actual pdf of it yet um or something there was something with the reason why I got the page proofs but um, I was able to take some of that and, and share it with my students. And um, now, you know, like I'm friends with that person on Facebook, we follow each other on Twitter and it feels like it, um, it went really well. And now I kind of have that connection. So, um, you know, that was, that was great. Um, and I've never, like you said, Alex, I've never had an issue cold, cold emailing anyone since then either. The worst thing that happened is they took three weeks to get back to me. And I thought that I had been, um, stood up via email but it just they were just very busy so yeah I'm 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 embarrassed to admit that I I'm trying to think if I've ever I don't I don't think I've ever cold emailed anybody you're not alone I don't know why anybody either (laughs) okay I don't I it's not out of fear or anything I just I just there like I just have never, I haven't had, I haven't needed to, or maybe I would, I did, I don't know. I, I usually just go reach out to like my, my, you know, the, the people that I kind of already know, or I ask somebody, Hey, do you know somebody that, you know, knows mm-hmm. this or whatever? And I, and then I get connected, but, um, yeah, Vivian, Jose, I was going to ask you either. You- Jose, you have never either. Oh, uh, um, sorry. Actually thinking about it. Um, well, I don't know if it counts as cold emailing because we are we'd had already talked before. So mm-hmm. I think technically no, I don't think I've ever like just straight up randomly cold emailed somebody. I have, um, but all of the experiences have been really positive, and yeah, I tend to try and drop a name, yeah. like Alex mentioned, to like close the distance. Um, yeah. So a friend or a colleague that they've worked with before, but not always. And I have not been responded to a few times, but that's okay. People are busy. Um, but when they do, it's always very positive and they're always more than happy to talk with me. Um, so, yeah. We had a recent graduate at Penn State cold email his way into a postdoctoral position. Um, (laughs) I won't say his name and I won't say where he is, but it, he, he is a very ambitious person in general and he knew that he wanted to post stuff, but there, it was, 
not a great year on the market for a lot of people last year, obviously, for yeah. you know, clear yeah. reasons. And he was like, I'm just going to do it. And he cold emailed like 10 or 12 universities asking if they had like the space for somebody to come and study under, you know, their department or like in, in wow. and um, a lot of them got back to him with like a thank you. And if we are ever hiring, um, you know, please reach out to us. Uh, and then one place was like, yeah, yeah, um, we're actually looking for somebody who does what you do and, you know, whatever. Um, we had another person cold email her way into, um, a, oh man, a postdoctoral position in Norway. I can't remember. It's like these, <laughs> these crazy places just like way out there, but yeah, just do it honestly because the worst yeah. thing that's gonna happen is they're gonna say no um yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing out <laughs> no for real hey I, I would also say I like if you're the if, hustle but I know yeah <laughs> but if, if you know kind of going off what what you're saying Alex like it, it really can't open doors so even if you need to email someone and you're afraid um like as a graduate student to take it on yourself and do it maybe your advisor or someone else in in your department or college like knows knows the person you're going to email and see if they can connect you right like Vivian I was going to ask earlier I'm sure you've been on emails where you know someone has yeah. emailed on yes. your behalf yeah. copied yeah. you connected yeah. you right mm -hmm. so yeah. you know oh, that yeah. kind of situation yeah. is, is equally as good in those situations right yeah so. yeah I, I I've been on, on a number of those and 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 they always work out I mean because I mean I yeah they are they absolutely absolutely work out I think it's the same we were speaking earlier about you know advice on people who might be scared to just walk up to somebody at a conference and introduce mm -hmm. yourself and I think it's really the same feeling is that you're scared that they're going to reject you and you're scared they're going to be mean to you but I, I think most of the time it's just people it's just people and connecting with them you know is is easier than we perceive it to be I think <laughs> yeah. oh yeah you were right about that yeah Maybe Penn State should put on a, a tutorial on how to cold email. Oh my Sounds gosh, like right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's, yeah, we have some students who are very excited to cold email. We also had somebody cold email her way into this really unique police data. Um, she just wow. reached out to a department and was like, I have this kind of supplemental data, but it would be cool if you had other data for me. And they were like, yeah, like, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get. Might as well ask. The worst thing they can say is no or yeah. not respond. So yeah. yeah, and then you're right back in the same position, right? Like it's no, exactly. no skin off your back, no loss at all. Yeah. Yep. All right. So our last question really for all of you is if you have any other general advice for networking or contacting with other academics, professionals, conferences, anything along those lines. I mean, we mentioned this a couple of times, but I just I can't stress enough the um, the it, you know especially with the at conferences is that the buddy system it just it it always works it never fails you will, you feel more comfortable when it, when you're with another person or you know read or uh, your advisors I work with with Dan Mears and um, sometimes you know just just talking to him at a conference people will will randomly come up and they'll introduce me um, so you use your you know, take advantage of uh, your advisors and the people who are willing to to take you around and introduce you to different people. So, so having somebody there, I, I you know, I, I can't stress that enough. Yep, 
I would I'll obviously echo what Vivian just said. Um, I would also say like, be kind to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's never a reason to, to not be kind. I don't think graduate students or anyone really in our field has that issue. Um, but everyone includes yourself, right? And so if maybe you didn't have, <clears throat> excuse me, um, maybe you didn't have the best presentation or, or maybe you missed a panel you really wanted to or an interaction felt awkward, like give yourself a break, you know, it's okay. Um, and then, you know, I guess I would also say, don't compare yourself to others. Um, that's yeah. another piece of advice I got from that blog I was telling y'all about earlier. Um, comparison is the thief of joy and we all have different career goals um, and career aspirations and we're all at different places in our lives and in the program. So, you know, don't compare yourself to others. Uh, just mm-hmm. kind of take it in stride and understand that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Absolutely. I think that Damien and Kristen have really amazing thoughts on that. Um, I I will say um, just a little piece of advice is that if you're scared to walk up and you're scared to talk to somebody, um, something that's comforting for me is if I make little notes, if I really know that I'd like to speak to somebody, I read maybe a recent article that they published and I just make a little note. And then it's so easy. It's so easy to walk up and say, I read your recent article. Could you tell me a little more about X or, you know, what, what else, you know, are, are you working on? Or is there anything, you know, more that you'd like to do? And I'd do something similar. So if, if you're, if you have a hard time being just normal social, um, like I do sometimes, um, and you'd like to be academic, social, um, make little notes, just keep a little tally for yourself. Um, and it becomes so easy to, to connect with academics on that level like that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, advice. that's great advice. That's a great advice. <laughs> yeah. Normal. Social I would have two pieces to add yeah. to that. Um, so one thing is, you know, kind of like, um, somewhat related to what Alex was saying like if you are uncomfortable going up to people uh, then cold emailing people before the conference might be good and you know setting up like a, a time to get some coffee and talk um, that's a good way to do it but you kind of have to work up the courage to cold email uh, but that might be a little easier than than you know meeting up going up to someone randomly in person um, and then the second thing I'd add is you know, we mentioned how expensive it can be to go to these conferences. Mm-hmm. If even if you're not presenting, I would ask your advisor, some a professor, the department chair, the grad chair, whoever, about possible funding, because um, mm-hmm. a lot of the times they may be able to scrounge up the funds um, for you to go to these conferences. Because I think most people will understand how important these can be um, mm-hmm. for students and networking. No. I would also add one thing to that. Um, the So ACJS, the Academy of uh, Criminal Justice Sciences, they do a doctoral summit every year, right? And so that's often a good opportunity to get funding for a conference to go and network. Um, and the whole point of that summit is to network. Um, I was fortunate to receive that scholarship. Um, in 2020, it got canceled. Um, and then I couldn't go this past spring either. But um, you know, I got to see everything they had laid out for networking and learning about these things, um, and it covers so much. So, um, yes, your your advisor, your department, you know, maybe the graduate college at your university, but yeah. also um, sometimes there are divisions within, like our, our larger bodies, um, but also the 
the various academies themselves that can provide some kind of financial assistance for graduate students. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to go off also, of that too, if you like submit a paper or something for an award, a lot of times you get funding for travel if you win um, a yeah. place. So, yeah. And I think those come from the bigger conference, but also the different divisions like Kristen mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one more thing um, that maybe not many graduate students are aware of is that with ACJS, if you've never been a member before, your first year membership is free as a doctoral student. Um, so that's pretty cool too. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Oh, yeah, that is cool. All right. Well, that's all the questions we have for all of you. Um, thank you so much for joining us yeah, today. This you. was a great discussion. Uh, is there anything any of you would like to plug anything that we should be on the lookout for in the near future I know Alex is going to be handling the drinks at ASC (laughs) the most important plug right there (laughs) and is everyone presenting at ASC yes I am yeah so come and find us not only to go see Alex for drink tickets but at our (laughs) presentations too (laughs) No hard questions. Yeah, no hard questions. <laughs> Definitely none of those. <laughs> Only praise. Jen, Jen is not speaking on my behalf. Do not come to mine. <laughs> See, now we're all going to be at yours. <laughs> you can't do that. Right. You know, now people are going to be pouring out. of the- They are. I have a million people uh, trying to invalidate everything yeah. that we've said here about everyone being nice and cordial. <laughs> if people come to my presentation and only do that, I'm good with it. <laughs> um, okay, so where can people find you? Um, Kristen and Vivian, we know that you are on Twitter. Alex may potentially be on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Today. But, yeah. yeah, I'm um, at Ed. So, M. Vivian Hughes. M is in Mary. Vivian Hughes on Twitter. But it'll be an under, you know, my name will show up as Vivian Aranda Hughes. Um, yeah, I'm going to create one. I'm looking at Twitter right this second. So I'll probably be at uh, Alex V. Nur at, uh, you know, whatever Twitter is. Whatever. At Alex V. Nur. Yep, sure. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll also post this on our website and in the episode description so you can, people can find them there as well. Yeah, or feel free. I also, I was going to say, or anybody can feel free to reach out through my FSU email, B, B for Vivian Hughes at FSU. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Kristen Lloyd3, um, and then people can reach me at my email. Feel free to cold email me. I love emails. <laughs> um, maybe that's because I'm only in my first year of my career. And I'll, I'll learn to hate them. Um, but you know, I'll always respond. Um, and my email address is klloyd at georgiasouthern.edu. You can just look me up on Penn State's website. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you all three of you. It was great having you on. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you all again. Thank you so much. I learned a lot. The Criminology Academy is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Crim Academy. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. Alternatively, let us know what you think of the episode by leaving us a comment on our website, thecriminologyacademy.com. And lastly, share The Crim Academy episodes with your friends and family.